everybody. Welcome to the Covenant Eyes podcast. We are so glad to have you here and joining us. And before we get too far along, I do want to remind you to take a minute and leave us a review. Send us your feedback. We love to hear from you guys. We work really hard to book amazing guests like today's guest, which you're going to be super excited to talk, to listen to. Um, and we want to hear from you. We want to make sure that you are enjoying the show and that, uh, you know, we're doing our job and doing it well. I'm Karen Potter with Covenant Eyes. And then over there is Brandon Clark. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Karen. I just want to mention, too, for our listeners who are providing feedback, if they have feedback on what guests they would like to hear on the podcast, too, that'd be great. We're always looking to line up new and different guests. So always open to those ideas. Absolutely. And that's kind of where we got today's guest. It's actually your fan fave. Like everybody knows today's like guest. You're going to love to hear from him. We also are very familiar with some of the books that he's co-authored and authored. So we just, without further ado, hello, Fred Stoker. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, of course. For anyone out there that doesn't know, you know, who you are and some of the the materials that you've authored, would you share just a little bit about yourself and some of the work that you've done over the years? Yeah, I mean, it all started around the turn of the millennium, as they say. Uh, in year 2000, I um, published the book Every Man's Battle, which created kind of a groundswell of uh, attention for the the whole thing with sexual sin through the eyes and and. Uh, it wasn't that long after that that I got to know you guys at Covenant Eyes and just loved your work. Um, other books I've written would be, I wrote one with my wife called Every Heart Restored, which is for wives who's the pain they feel when they find out their husband uh, is hooked on sexual sin and, and kind of how to deal with that. Uh, one of my favorites I've written is uh, Preparing Your Son for Every Man's Battle, because I went <laughs> after I wrote the book, then I went through it with my son and my youngest son and just had a huge impact on our relationship together. Uh, so those are a few of the books I've written and, and uh, just came out with a new one called Battle On, Battle Over, which is kind of a sister book to uh, the original Every Man's Battle. Awesome. That's exciting to uh, take a look at that new book that's out. I actually have not read that yet, so that'll have to be on my summer reading list. Hope so. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. So some of I know that a lot of pastors and leaders, we work with a ton of churches all over the country and uh, every man's battle uh, has been very popular for quite a long time in the churches and a lot of small groups use that book. What has been some of the response that you have received from pastors, leaders, men's ministry leaders that have used this book from the people going through that together as a small group? Well, the biggest thing I hear that they love is that it's very practical. Um, they're given steps to use to help win the battle. Um, I remember before I wrote the book, I was <clears throat> I had already won my battle, but I was kind of watching for books that would come out that would teach some of the practical steps that God had taught me. And um, I wasn't seeing it and wasn't seeing it. And then all of a sudden, God tapped me on the shoulder and said, well, why don't you write one? And so I did. And the rest is kind of history. But I never expected to be an author or anything like that. But that practical basis of the teaching is what seemed to have you know, caught the heart of everyone. And when it comes to pastors, um, the two things that I hear most is that, uh, number one, 
probably 90% of their counseling time is spent with men struggling with porn and, and sexual addiction. So they loved having a book come out with practical steps so that perhaps they wouldn't have to spend quite as much time uh, on that issue. And then the other thing I've heard from pastors is that once they get the men in their church um, cleaned up, so to say, uh, it frees those men to step up into leadership. And instead of self-disqualifying themselves, when the pastor calls for leaders, you know, they're saying to themselves, hey, uh, if he knew who I really was inside, you know, he would never ask me to lead. Well, once that's sort of out the door, um, you know, a lot of men will step up and lead. And we need that because churches can only grow as fast as you can raise up leaders. And uh, so a lot of times what happens is when the men get cleaned up, then the whole local church destiny changes and uh, grows like crazy. That's a really important point that you brought up there. I want to talk about your latest book, Battle On, Battle Over, sure. because the subtitle of it, How Every Man and Woman Can Find Permanent and Total Victory in Sexual Purity, is a very striking statement. The words permanent and total victory are very strong words. Why did you use those particular words in the subtitle as a guide for this particular book? Well, I think it's... Uh, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make uh, as Christians is we'll take on the culture's view of sexual addiction and, and we'll say, well, there's no such thing as freedom uh, until our last breath. We'll be struggling like this, like we're struggling today. Uh, not only do I not believe that because of Scripture, I mean, Scripture is very clear that we can have freedom, uh, but because of my own experience, um, I remember, in fact, the whole premise of this book, uh, Battle on Battle Over, is that, uh, you know, my initial battle with sexual sin had to do with my eyes and my mind and the lust and all the things that surrounded that. But um, after I won that, I was still struggling to some extent with masturbation and self-gratification. And I didn't understand why I was struggling because I had gotten my eyes under con control and I wasn't looking at porn. I wasn't even looking at girls in the string bikini on the beach or, you know, girls in short shorts, anything. I mean, I had cut all of it out. Um, and I guess uh, I found out that there's actually a second vulnerability uh, in our sexuality as men and women that I wasn't aware of right at the beginning. And um, once I got that second vulnerability kind of defended, uh, then my sexual sin issue went away. And, you know, you might say, well, what does the word permanent mean? Well, the word permanent means is that in over 30 years, I haven't masturbated. So uh, I think that's a big statement uh, to let people know that, hey, this isn't something that you're going to struggle with for the rest of your life. Uh, and here's the other thing, which I think is even stronger. In over 30 years, I have not gone to my computer with the idea in my mind, I'm going to look for something sensual to lust over. I've not gone to my television in over 30 years to, hey, I'm going to look at something lust-filled. Um, that's freedom, you guys. And I just want people to understand, and that's why I use that subtitle. I want people to understand, look, you can be free. And especially if you and your wife work together as a team uh, like mine has with me. 
I think that's really inspirational because I, I think a lot of people look at, you know, the the addiction or the addiction they're going through or their spouse is going through and the journey. And they're like, is there is there hope? Is this ever going to be different? Like, you know, can we be free from this? And I think your story is very inspirational that, yes, through Christ and through the hard work that we have to do in our own lives, we can find freedom. And I think that's important that first, you know, we have to have a relationship with Christ. And second, we've got to be willing to do the work and invest in, you know, reading good books, studying good material, maybe getting a therapist or a counselor or a coach. You know, there's things we have to do. It's not going to be easy, but it can be done. Yeah, Karen, that is so great. And that is absolutely true. Let me tell you, one of the weakest parts of the Western Christian church is that we feel like we don't have to do any work, whereas Scripture is very clear that we are to make every effort to be found spotless and blameless before Him. And it's been my experience that, um, you know, once we allow sexual sin inside us, it starts to control us. But if we can cut that off, um, then we're free, as God intended us to be. And uh, the whole reason I used that subtitle is to give hope. I find it really special, too, that you were able to write this book with your wife, that you guys were able to do this ministry of sorts together. Talk about the approach of it, Fred, because it's frank, it's honest, and maybe a little more forthright than some other resources out there. Why did you take this approach? Well, I remember back um, when I started fighting my battle, there were no books on sexual uh, addiction out there. There were no, not even in secular ones. The first book on this topic was in 1992, and I fought my battle in the 1980s. Um, it was lonely, and uh, there was no one with answers. And so, you know, look, God is great, and the Holy Spirit is very, very kind. And it was all I needed. Um, it turned out, but I still was very lonely and very much felt overmatched, and I didn't think I could possibly win alone. Uh, now, I still say um, that that's the worst way to fight this battle. I mean, I think it's better to have counselors without any doubt. It's better to have friends. It's better to have accountability partners. I've written that in the 20th anniversary edition of Every Man's Battle. I added a big section on accountability because it's just so important. And I have seen in my life that um, in, in my own counseling of men that we, you know, I called the first book Every Man's Battle. But the truth of the matter is when I counsel men, I have only about a 50% success rate if their wives don't join in the counseling. But if the wives join in the counseling, um, then I have a 100% success rate. And so I guess my point is, is that um, I didn't have any help back then, but it's really important for me to be forthright and straightforward because if you can put that, get that down in a book, you at least have a pocket friend, someone sitting in your pocket, uh, you know, in your book. And that's why it has to be so forthright. The other thing is, if I'm not forthright and really honest and direct, people don't really know that I know what I'm talking about. They might think I have theory or they might think that I have some kind of 
intellectual teaching I picked up in a library somewhere. Uh, no, I've been on the battlefield. I have the scars, but I also have the victory. And I think that I need to present both the scars and the victory so that men can go, okay. See, men are men are funny. They're fight. They're built to fight great battles and to live great adventures. I mean, when they can really catch it in their heart that, hey, this is an adventure I can live and a battle I can win, they put their whole hearts into it, and they can win then. And as Karen mentioned earlier, if you're not putting your whole heart into this, um, you're not going to win. But if you do, uh, you can take all the territory that you want. Let's talk a little bit about the statistics, because the subtitle includes men and women. Yes. And you had on your website that one study found 91% of men and 60% of women reported watching porn online in the last month. Those stats are insane. And yes, they are. They have just continued to get worse as the years go along. So whether you're male or female, this is a struggle that every man, man in the sense of encompassing all of humanity, uh, is is struggling with in some way. Yeah, that, that's true. And I know that the first time this hit me was when I was uh, I was going to a Christian Bible school to uh, speak, and they wanted me to come in and speak on purity. And this is probably 15 years ago now, at least. And they did a survey of the student body before I came in, just to see the state of the student body before I got there, and then maybe what happened afterwards. And so, um, they told me before I even stepped up to speak, the, these were the survey results. 100% of the guys were looking at porn at least once a week. And that didn't surprise me because we all know uh, that the male eye is built to draw sexual gratification. And, you know, we have a tendency to get hooked very easily. But the second stat killed me. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. 87% uh, of the co-eds, the women on campus there, were looking at porn at least once a week. And uh, I was stunned because I, I'm a little older than you two, uh, as you know. And I remember when Playgirl magazine went out of business, you know, Hugh Hefner had started that as kind of a sister publication to Playboy. And it went out of business for lack of interest. But here's what I found is that the pornographers finally found out that female sexuality is not visual. Uh, it's actually relational. And so what they figured out was that if they could tie in a romance plot line with the pornography, uh, they could hook the women too. So, you know, the women aren't going onto the porn sites like we guys are, that we're going in visually to get stimulated and then the self-gratification and everything that goes with it. With the women, they're feeling lonely, disconnected, uh, all those things. They go into this site, They the romance kind of hooks them in. And then when they self-gratify, they're having the exact same chemistry going on in their brains as what's going on in the guys. So they also get addicted. It's kind of a different road to the same place. But what Brenda and I wanted to do in Battle on Battle Over is to First of all, explain that second vulnerability that isn't visual, because men have this one, too. Uh, men have two vulnerabilities. Women have the one. We wanted to explain explain that very clearly. And then in chapter three, for instance, it's just Brenda's voice 
the whole chapter. She's just talking to women about this issue, about the statistics, about why they're hooked. And then from there in the book, we talk to both men and women about what they need to do to get free. Hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, when you're speaking a little bit about women, we've done uh, we've done some work here at Covenant Eyes learning about you know, how women get hooked into pornography. And a lot of times, like you said, it's like the erotica novels or, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different facets that draw women into the pornography space. And it usually starts in these different areas, but it's always that story. It's not always, I, I hate to say always, always is not correct, but it often is that story, that romantic story yes. plus the pornography. And and so that can be very, and it's weird because you think about like, uh, what was that movie? 50 shades of gray that came out that was awful and pornography. And, and I remember people in the church going to see that and I'm thinking, (laughs) really? Like, are we doing that? Like, and and this is where the, I think the confusion comes in Karen, because I will talk to women and I will refer to 50 shades of gray or gray as straight pornography. Um, and they'll just fight me on it. Oh, no, it's just a book. It's just prose. And, you know, I point out what it's doing inside them. And I start, you know, listing off some of the mm, things that happen inside their bodies and all that. And then they finally go, oh, you see, because it's not some of that, some of that literary stuff. It's not obviously visual in the sense of a naked person standing there, but boy, can your mind run with that? And um, and then again, as you said, the romance is tied into it. So again, this is what happens. Uh, a woman can be lonely and disconnected, lacking intimacy in her life, feeling just down. She gets into that book. She kind of gets swept away. And then, you know, there's some self-gratification with the chemicals all right, and the dopamine and all of those uh, chemicals that are so strong in uh, making a person feel different. Um, what we call it in the industry, so to say, is false intimacy. And so you you get this false in- intimacy to replace the in- intimacy that you're lacking. And um, pretty soon you're hooked on it and you can't stop uh, because the dopamine makes your mind want it more. And um, yet they don't really see themselves as addicted because a lot of it is coming through book form. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I Hmm. think so. And I think the other thing is it sets unrealistic expectations that women will have of their husbands or their relationships too, right? So it feeds this this, uh, you know, well, why isn't my husband doing these things? So, I mean, there's just a horrible, vicious cycle that, you know, yeah. <laughs> that happens when we get into those those areas. And you those know, romance. I, I haven't seen that movie or as as you might guess. I haven't either. <laughs> I, I can. I, I've heard a little bit about it and I just can't even imagine being held to the standards of that guy in that book. I mean, I'm a great guy. My, I'm a hero to my wife, as you might guess, uh, winning the battle and you know, leading my family well through the years. But I mean, what an awful place to be in to put your husband in that space. Fred, as we wrap up our podcast today, where can people go to find this latest book or get connected with any of your other uh, books that you've written? Well, the new book is, uh, has its own pod, or excuse me, not podcast, it has its own website. 
and it's called battleonbattleover.com. And the reason why we have its own website is we <clears throat> have a free download of the workbook that you can go through with the book. And before long, if I can ever get my daughter set up and <laughs> she's been in Australia, but we're going to tape some intros, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to, to that workbook so that, you know, small group leaders can have me speak for a little bit at the beginning and then they can go through the workbook. But then you can also go to fredstoker.com uh, and get all my books there. I love it. We'll be sure to put those links in the show notes. Karen, what's your biggest takeaway for today's episode? Wow, there's so many, but you know, it's it's inspirational to hear Fred talk about his own journey and how he really took that and, and that inspired him to write the book mm. so that other people have that pocket companion with them. You know, accountability is so important, but sometimes early in our our journey, we don't have anyone that we can trust quite yet. So having at least that book that can help guide us and give us real life, real information, that can really make a difference. So I just am grateful for the the honesty, the truth and the the journey to freedom and that there's hope there really yeah. is hope for all of us yes. out there that we can break free through you know a relationship with jesus christ and support books resources counseling all of that is there we can really have freedom and win how about you brandon yeah i think hope is probably my biggest takeaway even though the losses may mount even though it may seem like we're so deep in the well that there is no hope the light is getting further and further away there really always is. And I think real people telling their story, having Fred, for instance, write books and, and being real and letting people know that, yeah, it's tough, but there is a possibility. And that freedom ultimately comes through Jesus Christ. And uh, just sharing that message over and over again, it eventually clicks. Uh, and, and my story is an example of that, you know, struggling for many, many years. And eventually the Lord was able to to break through and work um, so anybody out there listening who is struggling, just know, like, keep keep moving forward. If you fall down, get back up. It's not all hope is never lost. Mm, amen to that. And thank you, Fred, for being a longtime friend of Covenant Eyes and for the resources and just for being an asset to our churches out there for so many years. We appreciate it. And thanks for joining us today. You guys are true professionals. I've really enjoyed this. It's been fun. Thanks. Awesome. We'll, we'll have you back again. Thanks, Fred. Take care. God bless. And see you next time, Covenant Eyes. Mm -hmm.